0: Gaming NBS episode 185, coming to you Wednesday, April 4th. What's Wednesday April 4th, Brett? That's my birthday, Sean. What's going on April 4th?
1: Uh, Nothing much. i got to work until like 6 o'clock. It's going to suck. It's Brett's birthday.
0: Welcome to Gaming NBS, the tabletop RPG podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back,
1: folks. Glad to have you all on board. hoo Did you make you made it through Easter? You made it through April Fools.
0: April Fools on Easter.
1: <laughs>
0: the religious jokes about. We'll just leave just, that. We'll just leave alone. that right there. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Oh uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this the day that this drops, Brett is officially fifty. <laughs> Forty five, <laughs> you dick.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that's me. I'm not Sean old, but That's I'm getting, true. I'm not I'm getting there, but not quite there yet.
0: Hey. It's See, all I don't it's all how you look and how you feel, buddy.
1: See, I don't you y you own a mirror, right? Um
0: <laughs> Dude, I feel I feel a hundred and uh, looks see, like I don't I'm I don't look 200. at my
1: my older friends, I don't see them as old. I just see them as advanced scouts. If you can survive it, that means I have a fair chance. And once one of my friends dies, he'll be like, ah, that age, that's a tricky one. Cause as we've learned in D and D, the best scout's a dead scout.
0: <laughs> man, I'm I'm waiting for the one the one that the one that comes along, man, the big one. I'm waiting for it to hit me. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I've had some people that are like forty, forty five 50, they they get a freaking heart attack, man, and they, hopefully they last them, outlast them. But.
1: Yeah, this is, we've, uh, a bit sad aside here, um, we have hit the age zone where people our age and generation are dying from what we always used to consider old guy stuff, old people stuff. Yeah. Strokes, heart attacks,
0: Strokes, things like that happen. Man, that is yeah. no bullshit, man. <sighs> well, some, in of, the sp- <laughs> some of our audience may have even experienced that, and hopefully yes. they've lived to tell about it. But man, that shit is no joke. So the message that we're trying to get across is, "Hey, take care of yourself."
1: Amen. We haven't. We have Sean and I have not had the pleasure of meeting each and every one of you yet. And we would love to do that one day. It's on our bucket so, list. So make sure you stay alive long enough so that you can at least tell Sean that's okay. I've always agreed with Brett. Sorry, Sean. That's right. You need to be able, You need to be able to say that.
0: And then I will go. <laughs> and then Sean will be like,
1: All right, good, good. Time, I'll tap out right now, tap. time to go. I'll Done. kick it, time to kick go. it
0: at kick it at that point.
1: Ay, ay, ay. Oh, um, in the spirit of uh taking care of yourself, I wanna say uh, thank you to Aaron Coleman. Aaron uh ran into listening to the show and stuff, ran into him at Gary Con and he gifted me with a bottle of Surly Brewings Darkness as Baba Yaga drinking this horrible brew, her chicken legged hut in the back. It's a Russian imperial stout and I decided I was going to crack this open on one of the podcasts. And as soon as I brought it open on the podcast, I would say, thank you, Aaron. So thank you, Aaron. This is a damn fine beer. Thank you very much, sir.
0: Yeah, thanks, Aaron. I mean, I mean, if I were to have one, I guess.
1: Yeah, he, he said he agreed with me most.
0: He may have actually given me a beer. I just can't remember. <laughs> so we're just going to leave there, it at there, that. There was thanks, a, there, Aaron. There was, thank you, Aaron. There
1: There's a fair amount of drinking all around, so I don't know. He could have given me five beers for all I know. I could have polished them all off. Anyhow. Shall we go on? Announcements. Shit. <laughs> GameholeCon, speaking of April Fool's Day, GameholeCon, no joke, folks. GameholeCon registration submissions for your events that you want to run is open. We've had a small gaggle of uh, BSers already jump in and uh, put out under the Gaming BS banner. We've got, what, Verning's running Fiasco stuff already, I think. Um, VC Young's got some stuff I think He's going to run child's a demon lord i think um michael dresser's throwing some stuff out there i think kev Thulu's going all in so kev i think he mon- monster, monster hearts
0: monster hearts yeah kev monster hearts thulu kev monster hearts thulu absolutely yeah. i don't know what he's he's not fooling anybody with that goofy cthulhu lovecraft name he's all monster hearts now
1: actually he'll play a good cthulhu game too oh yeah
0: i think he is running one cthulhu game actually
1: oh okay I am planning to run, and I'm going to do it this weekend, or this week, get this in. I'm going to run a uh, gumshoe session. I'm going to do a Trail of Cthulhu and uh, a Streets of Avalon game. I think I want to spend, make sure I've got some time open, because I'm thinking about running a game on a kid's track, because from what we hear from side conversations with Alex on the Twitters and other places, they're going to have a kid's track again. So we're, we'll get Alex back in the show to talk about what's new and cool for Game of Con as usual, but... uh if you're yeah. looking to come, now's a good time to get your submissions in.
0: You have to. I think you have to apply, uh, Brett, to run Kids Track, though.
1: Yes, you do. I just want to make sure I don't uh, overload myself and run other games or plan to do other things and then get accepted for the Kids Track and then not be able to do it because I was overloading myself, something stupid. So
0: I, I heard a rumor. I'm going to put the rumor out there. I'm going to start spreading the rumor. Okay. What's the rumor? So, so Mr. Cammer is talking about free badges... For military, active military members.
1: Well, that's not a rumor. He said that on he said that on Facebook. He did,
0: but he hasn't officially announced it. Oh, I bet it's going to happen. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But, I mean, so, it's not in a newsletter where we're like, it's official, that's the word, spread the word. Good point. Good point. But, I mean, you know, there's a couple out there.
1: Uh, Brandon Barnes, my son yep. Connor. I mean, yep. there's a number yep. of folks. That's right. Very cool.
0: Jason Pemberfoot.
1: Yeah. Oh shit.
0: Yeah, we got a number of folks. I that heard Mr. Be. I heard Mr. Barnes forwarded that to those like the first uh, United States Army of uh, Armed Forces.
1: He's he's Air Force, dude.
0: Oh, that's right. He's Air Force. <laughs> he he still sent it to the army. He still sent and it the, to and the And the Air Force guy. And, and the mate. and the Corps. He decided to the, yeah, yeah, he sent it to the Coast Guard, but I heard he took it to the Chief of Staff. And they're just going to disseminate it from the Pentagon. <laughs> going to have camo for days at that convention. That
1: would be, that would actually be kind of cool. I don't, think that, I don't think that'll happen, but that would be kind of cool. Anyway, in other non-game holy news, we still have our listener survey out there. We want to end that on April 15th, so that is next weekend. Um, so, yeah, next is Sunday's the 15th. So, Sean, what have we got? We got 77 responses so far uh, anymore? We're up,
0: we're up past 80. Up past 80? Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty big, big, big increase from the last one that we did. Yeah, we had like 29 last time. So this is way, yeah, this is way in the I literally down. think it was 29. It was like, you know, maybe that's a hint of our listenership. Who knows? Maybe we've grown that much. Or people just feel much more compelled to be like, God, I got to weigh in on this thing because.
1: I have had enough of your shit. <laughs> dick, 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 dick,
0: dick, I dick. need to fix these guys before I jump ship. Yes, that's possible. It's possible. But everything's been pretty gracious, pretty constructive. Um, You know, it sounds like we're doing some things right. But they're all the listeners, right? If we're not, they've jumped ship. So that's why this kind of, you know... Well the interesting thing though is when you talk to listeners Are we some... pandering? Are we pandering?
1: I don't think we're pandering. I think the other thing that's interesting is most of our listeners, or I should say every listener I've ever met and talked to that we've interacted with, and I am positive the others are some sharp witted gamer folk, and as such, they would prefer anything that they are a fan of to be the best it can be. So I think constructive criticism will bound. The other piece is that anyway they've turned it they have turned their friends onto the show saying, Hey, you should listen to these two yo y- you know, give it a shot and then that person comes back and says, Ah I didn't like X, Y, or Z. I'm pretty sure that our listeners would come back and say, hey, just so you know, um, the last five people I tried to get to listen to you all said they can't stand Brett doing X. Oh, well, good to know.
0: That would be nice to know. It would be nice to know. I, hopefully uh, Jason Hobbs, Hobbs from uh, Hobbs and Friends of the OSR, puts it out on his show because I'm sure there's folks that listen to him that can't stand us. Probably. <laughs> I know there's at least one. Oh yeah? I love you, Matt. Oh. Oh. That's okay. That's all right. We'll be okay. Ooh. We better get let's yeah. get going.
1: We're gonna go way long. Yeah, we're oh, we're
0: already way over schedule.
1: All right. Random right. counter. Got one this week. I'll take it. Email from James Carruthers. Say good day, Brett and Sean. Just a brief note from me, uh, this time to give you a hearty here here and and as well add my two cents on one or two points. Regarding episode 182, Conversion Dilemma, I was with Brett the whole way through. At the beginning, I was in Brett's camp thinking you can wing it on the fly and not waste too much time and tedious conversion. Then, as the discussion drew towards, <laughs> towards its end, I remained right with Brett as he changed his tune and conceded to Sean points of view. You're the Kelly.
0: You know, hashtag.
1: I, I, hashtag you're the Kelly. Yes, James. I got to go with you, man. That was uh, I wasn't there, but Sean got me there. So props to Sean for.
0: I'm just doing here it. to open people's minds. That's true. You are kind of. That's, that's, that's part of
1: our mission statement, which we never share with people. Um, then he goes on to say regarding episode 183 narrative permission. I really enjoyed the topic as always, but felt it was a little light on exploring knowledge and social skill checks in the context context of the discussion. A small point I would like to add is that. As a DM, I find it useful sometimes to give certain information or other successes to a PC just based on whether or not they're proficient in the respective skill or sometimes based on background. To do this, I do this to keep the story moving and to make the players who invest in certain proficiencies to feel rewarded for doing so from time to time. For example, rather than asking for a knowledge check to see if anyone in the party recognized the glyph embroidered on the collar of the assassin they just vanquished... I'll say this guy's identity seems impossible to discern, but wait. Clairval, being the socialite bard that you are and being trained in history, you think you recognize symbol as a secret mark of the Cabal of the Last Horizon. So that player feels special during the scene, and I, uh, and I have used that stuff uh, that's pre-built in the character sheet to keep the plot from getting hung up because nobody in the party
0: could roll higher than a five that night. Okay. But flip. Sorry. So, so pause. Okay. Mark your spot where you don't lose it, Brett. Got it. So <clears throat> this is somewhat similar to DCC kind of where if you are running specifically a funnel well actually with anything really it goes past the funnel so you have a zero level and if you can tie in to your character the reason why you would know that then typically you know that
1: Well you or you get a d20 on the skill check otherwise you could get a lesser die on the skill check in DCC
0: uh, sure.
1: No, it's, that's true. That's how it works. But they don't have skills. No, but you can do checks. you can do checks. You, yes, could you say, can say, hey, give check. me a thing. Yes. Well, I happen to be a fisherman, so I think figuring out how to untie these knots, I should get a higher die in the chain on my Dick Sturdy yes. check. Oh, yes, says the, uh...
0: True, yes. Yeah, and the way he's talking about it is how I think I grew up playing. Like, that's kind of how we rolled. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I do think I actually do that as well, reading like, this Like,
0: wh- why would the fighter know? The fighter's not going to know. The bard yeah. knows. Bard knows everything.
1: <laughs> oh, you've got that person, you know, that, that person in a campaign, she's put all this time into her character and has constantly stated where she's from, she knows this person and that person, and really playing it up, you're like, hey, you know, you're a character, that wizard um, that you guys just fought reminds you a lot of, you know, Kellic. Oh, my God, Kellic. He, he's, yeah, blah, blah, you know, Without having to make a skill check, just because you know that she has a connection in that space. Right. pretty handy. Yep. Very cool. Shall I go on? Please. <clears throat> Excuse me. On the flip side, sometimes I would pr- purposely make something completely impossible if no one has invested in the quote-unquote right skill. For example, even if every player in the party rolled a 20 on their intelligence check, I might still find occasion to really say Yes. The glyph over the mouth of the cave is ancient and arcane in nature, but its purpose and origin, whether blessing or bane, are completely opaque to all of you, since none of you are trained in arcana or history. Also, as part of this topic, you explored player knowledge and metaverse character knowledge. Great stuff. It reminded me that, as a player, I will sometimes use my meta knowledge to solve or circumvent a problem the DM hasn't provided any clues for yet. My internal justification is that my character's proficiencies and backgrounds are the in game representation of my player based meta knowledge. Am I cheating? It's pretty hard to objectively separate player slash character knowledge sometimes, especially when sometimes you want to separate it and sometimes the game's conceit would have you not. Some of the best discussions will never have a right or wrong answer. Keep it up and take care, James Cruthers, Sunshine Coast, British Columbia.
0: They would never have a right or wrong answer. I that sounds it's... that sounds like it would Depend depend. <laughs> 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 <Nice line. laughs> Um, Sean,
1: have you ever done that where you where regardless of the die roll, where you kind of look at the table and go, "Look, guys, no one's trained in this. You you're not going to know this. I can I tell only, you it's ancient arcane, but
0: no no dice, pal." I would only go that far, and explicitly like that in approach is if those if the the players at the table were vehemently trying to gain the knowledge and so
1: so you only take away from them if they really wanted
0: it no i think it's a matter of delivery so my my Ah. what i'm trying to get at is i would never tell them outright in the meta and i would probably not say you guys like james had mentioned uh since none of you are trained in arcana or history
1: You'd wait now, until they gave would, it a couple of shots. And I, would said, only tell them,
0: I would only tell them that if they're sitting there like, no, no, we got to figure this out. we got to figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And it's not going to go anywhere until I af- actually have to tell them, look, this is the reason you're not going to get that. Otherwise, I would just leave it at, you don't know. You don't know. You can't make it out. You just simply don't know. It's, I don't know what to tell you. Well, do I know? No, you don't know. I've It's actually, strange. It's weird. Yep. Just don't know. To those points, I found that dark to be, matter, man, it's dark yeah. matter. It's very it's handy dark matter. To do matter. I don't know, man. You don't, I don't know, know it. but it's I don't dark. Know. It's crazy. It's dark matter.
1: That is a really helpful approach, in my experience, when you're running a Call of Cthulhu game and you are trying to know the unknowable and you account encounter that cult or that god or whatever, and it is literally beyond anything that has ever been on this earth before or foreseen by mankind. Blah blah blah. I've done it. Um, in space games, your sci-fi game, when you encounter an alien race that is so absolutely freaking foreign, there's no way you could understand what it is. And even in my fantasy games, <clears throat> if it is a one-of-a-kind thing, it's very unique. This is a rare, bizarre cult of the hidden god, you know, Jothakwa. Well, all we know is it's a hidden, horrible god. No one knows what it looks like, where it came from, other than the fact that its devotees were... Evil and flayed people alive and killed babies. Okay, that's all we know. What what do these pictoglyphs mean? You don't know anything. Maybe it has to do with Jothakwa, but you've got no clue. Um, So it's kind of that unique, unknowable thing in the setting. And it's usually a plot point where the characters will look at that and say, Aha, the fact that Brad or Sean or somebody has told me that means that this is probably important. And then the players in my groups are usually along the lines of, okay, write that down, take a photo of it. Hey, I have a didactic memory. I want to be able to memorize this. I, I want to make you know, rubbing of the carving or whatever so they can look it up later when they come across it. But it's kind of that first glimpse into whatever craziness is in store for them.
0: See, now that could lead to, well, we, we want to find somebody who actually knows this thing. And none of us do, so we'll have to go and find that person and bring them here and then we'll see, like maybe they get there, and they, yeah, absolutely, man, let me whip out my my tome of knowing, and uh you know the old the old crusty person from town who does research and is holed up in the abbey that could read a bunch of texts. Knows yeah, it. Yeah,
1: that that crazy person who's gifted with languages, who sees sight beyond sight, blah blah blah. Got it. No, I like that too. That I
0: almost I almost think you kind of have to do that. Like if the players are dead set on trying to figure out unless you've got a really 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 good reason for them not to know uh then I mean it, if they kind of blow it off like, up oh, none of us know. We keep keep moving on and then they tie into some other things." But well, if they're like going to go out of their yeah. what? If was they're going to go saying. out of their way to find somebody,
1: I don't know. No, I think it feels like what you and I are saying is the, you do not know right now. Right. Given the tools at your disposal currently, this moment, y'all don't know. Could we find out? To your point, Sean, well, yeah, you could maybe find somebody. Hey, I remember the sage. I remember this wizard Jedi dude we met on whatever, you know, let's go see if he knows.
0: Yeah, okay, I like that. That's good stuff. Yeah, maybe that old uh, hermit, uh, Ben Kenobi. I wonder if that's like old ben is that the same but guy maybe it could be old maybe ben. yeah that's one of the weakest parts of that whole film <laughs> what
1: obi-wan kenobi oh maybe that's the other guy who has the exact same fucking name maybe it's the same guy anyway carry on
0: okay <laughs> right. are we done we're done no, we're, thanks we're done james thank you james let's move on let's get on. into the main topic Hey Brett.
1: All right. So I want to talk about this. is similar to what we have been talking about, skill rolls and checks and knowing and whatnot. And um, I ran my Warhammer game this last weekend. Or I shouldn't say this, not Easter weekend, but the weekend before. And um, this happened there. It happens a lot in a lot of games I have with perception checks, usually. And then I start thinking about all the other times that it pops up. But you'll have something happens. Sean, roll a perception check. He goes, okay, clatter, clatter. I got a 10. All right. Well, oh, I look too. I look too. I look too. I look too. Oh, for fuck's sake. You got eight guys at the table all suddenly are paying attention.
0: Um. So, the lesson is if you're playing in Brett's game at Game Con,
1: just pile this on. Is some,
0: this is something you will want to do. Yeah.
1: yeah. Don't <laughs> piss me off to no end. Just lean into this one. So
0: <laughs> you guys better be taking notes. I want Brett losing his frickin' shit at Gamehole Con.
1: You want me to throw a table through the glass wall,
0: motherfuckers? <laughs> and we were never invited back again. Oh, that's okay.
1: I'm sure. That, I'm sure the Madison Police Department has a very, kind of, a colorful mate. You know, scented mace is what they use.
0: <laughs> I think it would be totally worth it. I'll pay for the damage, camera.
1: So Sean, have you seen this? Have you had this happen at your table? And I'm I usually to me it's perception slash detection checks. You know, you you pick somebody out and have them make the roll, and then suddenly everybody's like, Well, I should have a chance to see that oh yeah, do I make it? Do I make it? Do I make it?
0: Well, right now everybody's losing their shit because you should be using passive perception if you're in five E.
1: No. Well, if the situation if it, calls for someone to be looking, they say, "I'm going to look for something." Okay, well, fine. that's
0: that's different. You made it sound like well, you it happens you are in inferring.
1: both. It happens yeah. in both.
0: It does, but at the first ex- let's hold on a second, Brett. All right. The first example you put out there was that you're like, "Hey, you give me a perception check." Yeah. Well, I'm not nor- using, I
1: wasn't playing Five E, dumbass. I Was playing Warhammer.
0: Well, you didn't say that.
1: I totally did. I said I was playing Warhammer the last time. And it happened. The to me. de facto <laughs> game
0: that we refer to.
1: Is All right, fine. I fine, Right. <laughs> okay. No, fair point. So I think-
0: In 5E, in 5E yes. if that scenario presented itself, people mm. would say, that's what passive perception check is for. Because then they don't. You, they, you are understanding that they will notice it or they will not, and they don't have to say, I am looking. So that's like the pure observation piece. Correct. But yes. But yes, to your point, if somebody says, I searched the room- or the cabinet. And then you go, and the, Okay.
1: And then they roll a die and they, and they like roll a four. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you don't yeah, you don't find anything you in the cabinet. Okay, don't. I search it. Alright. And then the third guy, because they roll a two, and then the third guy's like, I'll do it. He rolls a six with bonuses. And finally she's like, Okay, fine, I'll I'll look in the fucking cabinet. Alright, fine, I find I find the salt. Great it's like this weird, and again, if you have a rule, if you have a mechanic for it, like in 5e, passive perception, great bully for you, that's the game you're running happens to have that.
0: Yeah, Brett doesn't run those games, though. Yeah, I do. I run 5e. You no, know, but you run, well, you made it sound like if you're running those games. Well, if you are, you can,
1: but there's a lot yes. of, there are a number of other games that, um, again, if, if the rule is buried in there somewhere, I don't necessarily know all of it, but it, like in um, in an older school game, or in the Warhammer game I'm running, and some of those. I don't know if Pathfinder had a passive perception or not. I don't believe so. I don't
0: don't think so. Regardless, though, that whole
1: opportunity, when people want, the players want to win, they want to win the information. Yeah. And they're just going to roll dice until you give it to them.
0: So, Brett, tell me, Mm -hmm. when that occurs in your game, how are you handling that?
1: I shoot the first person who lips off. No, don't do that.
0: That's a good start. (laughs) It's
1: it's a, <laughs> now wing them. I wing them. So not, not their die rolling arm either. Just a, no. Anyway, um, what usually happens the first time? The happens, first
0: time it happens. The first
1: time, I'm like <laughs> they get <fine>. a warning. <laughs> 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 first time, I put one in the magazine. No. Um. <laughs> the first the first time it happens, I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. But the second time, I'm like, guys, you can't look. It's not possible. Not everybody can detect this thing at once. No one's paying attention. Well, I was kind of sort of. Fine. The third time, I'm like, you and only you. No one else is looking. You're the only person who can do. I qualify the die roll heavily by the third time. And then after that, everyone understands that if I'm asking one person to look for a thing or one person is detecting for a thing, that not everybody gets to just roll dice until they hit the target number.
0: Well, hey, Colonel Jessup, so if they, if you've been gaming with the same group, like 20 years Mm -hmm. and this comes up Yes. why does it keep coming up if you always give them the three warning
1: because I I, I need to hit them harder (laughs)
0: because because they uh, it doesn't always come up because you're not enforcing Colonel you're not Colonel Jessup man
1: it comes up periodically I have no idea what you're talking about
0: it's a few good men oh okay the premise is they do what I say because they follow orders yes I see Then why do they keep doing that if Uh they're following orders?
1: So, fair point. What's happening in that case to fix it, and you're right, that's the same answer I came to is like, all right, so I'm just going to qualify everything, you and only you, and here's why, so that it finally sinks in. That's what I'm going to do. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. So what do you do? (laughs) What do you do? Everybody piles on. You, it, someone makes it, a perception check, yeah, and the rest of the table says, "I look too." You just let him do it.
0: You know, I I I understand your pain, Brett. <laughs> and I I think I just give it to him if it's a reasonable check, and it's going to be like five people are going to pile on this thing. All right, here you go. So you got two I thieves,
1: yeah, two rogues in a party. They approach well, here's, the same lock, and they keep picking at it.
0: Well, here's the problem. The problem is when people game, and this even goes back to what James was talking about, right? And, and like, hey, uh, you know, I want to know what that thing means. Why? You don't know. And you take the meta out of the game, or you take, take that component to the meta level.
1: You can take the player out of the meta, but you can't take the meta out of the player.
0: Ooh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's profound. Uh, I have to think about that and actually see if that makes sense. (laughs) But it's one of those situations, though. It's exactly to that effect where if somebody were fiddling with something, right, and they're standing there and they're looking at this, I don't know, maybe it's a little chest or a jewelry box of some kind. And you say, I'm searching the jewelry box. And, okay, give me a check. You don't make it. All right. Now, one could argue the DM rolls, so they don't actually know whether what they rolled. Because if they rolled a four, they're like, oh, there's probably something there, der. I just rolled like shit. So that's one thing to probably consider. Second, yeah, one way to
1: fix it is the GM rolls, absolutely.
0: Right. Secondly, if, if the rest of the party or the, the gang is doing something, they don't have the stupid box in their hand. Yeah, but they're then oh, no, some, no, Sean. There's, there's
1: no way. There's no way your character will be doing that without my character also looking at you because I've been looking at you like this whole adventure. So clearly, that's, I'm looking.
0: That goes to what are you doing? What are you doing? Tell me what you're doing. Yeah, Why but I got one eye on him. I got one eye on him. That's what I've been doing. That's the <laughs> argument. Have you not had that argument? <laughs> yeah, that's one. Of, that makes me want to punch players in the face. It does. It does because you're they're 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 fucking around with the system, man, and it's just not cool. But I, you're right. It does happen, and that's. That's part of the problem is that they just have to understand that. I mean, there's times when that comes up in my game and as a player character, I will do nothing. Yes. Because I'm not there. I'm not doing that thing. I'm not involved with that. So I'm not going to pretend that I am and I'm not going to game, quote unquote, game the system so that I can unveil something where I have absolutely no privilege getting that information.
1: No, well, I'm with you. And I think I think the, the concept of if you have a system like a 5e that has a passive perception check, that's awesome. Because you could say, like, look, this person well, he's, is doing X. Yeah. What's your passive? Is, right. Yep. Unless your passive is 17 or higher, you have no idea. Oh, okay. Right. Then you've got a mechanical thing that says, look, I've made a ruling that this number must be met or beaten in order for you to engage. Oh, I don't meet that. Okay, carry on. Move on. Right. If you don't have that, and it's players piling on. I think this is one of those pieces where to like you were giving me shit for is that historically it's one of those things I need to get the group to say, guys, look, when it happens the first time I say, guys, 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 hold on. We can't, not everybody can freaking look for this thing. We got two people with an eye shot, two people with an ear shot, whatever. The rest of y'all aren't anywhere near. Okay. Good point. They say, and off you go. So I think, one of the first things to do is just stop it. You know, as a game master, you see it happening, and instead of the warnings, which I have been doing, it only crops up periodically with the crew, and it just it did a couple times this last time. So I got to the third warning, God damn it, stop doing that. Um, but I think from a player's perspective, it's a thing that what you're doing, I think, is great. And as as a player, I want to make sure I do the same thing you're doing is like not engage at that. Look, I'm not paying any attention to that. I'm busy, you know, setting up camp, starting a fire. The fact that Sean's a rogue is over there filling with the wooden box he, you know, swiped. From the last Goblin Horde we were in, I have no clue he's doing that, and just don't. Because honestly, I think it's kind of a BS thing when players do that.
0: Yeah, I think I think I I would have to ask the player. Tell me how. You would actually be in a position to pull this off, like to to help me understand why you would a check would be warranted to to the situation, because my understanding is your. Over in the corner, futzing around with something else. Now, in, in I think in the older school, uh, older school games, in my my take would be, you know, they're not they're not there. There is no check. So I think the check piece come. I mean, there is a check. You could call for a check, but at the same time, it. I went into this before. If you okay, what do you, you're in the room? What do you do? Well, I'm going to search where. Okay, it's a room. Can you be a little more specific where you're going to search? Well, I'm gonna start with underneath the bed. Great. So if there's something underneath the bed, then I'll probably just give it to them. You found it. So Where if, if, if you somebody go, else,
1: sorry, keep going, keep so going. So if
0: somebody else, like Brett, I go, Brett, what are you doing? What's your guy doing? Well, I'm gonna go insert there. He's got he, she's got the bed. Yep, she's got the bed. All right, I'm gonna go check the three drawer cabinet night chest. Sounds good. You don't find anything, And then I write a note here. Throw the note at the player that's under that's searching the bed. So if the finding is
1: a give me, uh, give me based on I've described what I'm doing. I'm looking yep. at the tapestries. Yeah. Yes, there's a diamond ring stone in the tapestries. Brett will find that. Right. You know, Ange and Sean are checking the bed and the um, you know chest of drawers. There's nothing there. They can't find anything. If I go check the tapestry and you say, okay, give me a perception check or a search check or a spot check or some other kind of check. And I fail, then what happens? Sometimes is because you're not using a passive. You're actively calling for someone to search the thing. you know engaging a mechanic. Other players then bam 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 they come out of the woodwork. Hey, I've got a better deck, I can make a deck check
0: on that tapestry. Let me try that. Blah, blah, blah. Everybody's manhandling and the tapestry. Da, take the check away. There you go. Fuck it. So, there, fuck it. Take the check away. What you do is you go okay. You throw a note to the to the people at the bed, and you throw a note over to Brett. over to Brett. And the note Brett opens up the note and says, you don't find anything. And Brett goes, I can't find anything over here. Yeah. Okay, well, let me try. They go over there, take Brett's note away from him, throw him at the other person that's over there looking.
1: So in a game that has a search a spot, a very specific check for that type of activity, do you just not use that mechanic or do you?
0: You know, it's it's got obviously a judgment call. I mean, there's going to be folks that play the game that are like, oh, it's it's a check. They rolled, and that's the way the dice fall. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know, man. I think if you take away the check, it alleviates this issue. Now, somebody could still opt to go over there and search, blah, blah, blah. And that kind of goes into, do you just give them the shit or not? I mean, sometimes I'm wondering, like, is it worth the piddle fucking around?
1: Well, that's that's the gumshoe answer, right? Give All them so many fucking clues. They have, they have, they go to the right places. They go to places. They get clues. <clears throat> they use a the skill. They get the clue. Use a skill. Get the clue. Use a skill. Get the clue. You spend points and get them. Or you don't know, even have to spend points. You can just get the fucking clue because you're in the morgue, talking to the guy. You will get the clue through role-playing. Done. You don't have to roll it. You just get it because you used your, you know, medical. Fine. Got it. Move on.
0: Right. Now. Somebody now, on the flip side, because we've been banging on players for a little while, there are GMs that are dickheads about this, too. Oh, totally. Right? So if you use the same mantra that Brett and I are talking about and saying, hey, if they search and it's there, they get it. There's other GMs that'll be like, nope, can't, nope, give me a roll. Nope, uh, you can't find it. Nope, nope, it's there, but they never give it up. Until they roll that freaking twenty or twenty-five on a d twenty.
1: Yeah, and then they stand there staring at a door for no reason.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> you know, and then the play, the so the problem that facilitates is that players will camp out in in rooms just so they can keep trying to find the stupid thing. Yeah, because the rule says stare. I
1: can I can try to do this thing once every day. So all right, I'm gonna stay here once a day till I get yep. it.
0: I'm gonna keep checking.
1: It's basically that. That's a that's a a war of wills between players and game masters. See which will crack first.
0: Right. In which <laughs> case, game master's like, fine, fine, fine. You find the stupid little trinket that probably has little like any just no relevance to anything major. Got a diamond ring.
1: Yeah, five hundred thousand.
0: Yeah, five hundred gold pieces, and it's like the one thing that you're just. Holding on to for dear life for some reason, it's like just give them give the players the damn five hundred gold piece diamond gem or whatever.
1: So another thing to do mechanically speaking, if you are like, look, I don't want to give it away, I'd like to do it mechanically. Um, If the first person fails on the check, the next person's check is incrementally whatever that increment is harder. Sure. That at a certain point it becomes the first person tried, the second person tried, and after or put a limit saying only up to two people can look. That's it. We can't spend all fucking day screwing around here searching every piece of thread on this goddamn tapestry. Two people can check, one and then a follow-up, one and a follow-up. Or if two people want to do it together, use those whole um, partnership teamwork rules that you've got to add some kind of bonus to it. And then that's it. But, you know, if you cap it so that people aren't fucking around. Now, this doesn't necessarily get, I mean, it could lead into the whole... Oh, it's a core clue, and I really have to have this in order for the story to continue. Well, then you...
0: You need to you, give this shit up. If you
1: have a core clue that is dependent on a very difficult or... If it's dependent on a check, a pass-fail check, in order for the adventure to move on, my opinion is you have a bad adventure. But that's just me. Yeah. I know some people totally dig that, and like my buddy Lenny, if you fail... He likes the Call of Cthulhu game, the, when the, if the world goes pear-shaped because you failed your library, roos, role, <laughs> library use roll... The world goes pear-shaped. Cthulhu rises. Everybody dies. Oh well. Hey, that's the game. It's nihilistic, brother. There we go. The world doesn't care. The universe doesn't care. Simulate it. All right. Fine. Not everybody else likes that, and <laughs> not everybody else likes that in their D and D games either. Or, just, you know, Star Wars game or whatever. I am. I like the idea of the passive check. <clears throat> I honestly don't use enough passive checks in my uh, in my D and D five e game. That's one of the things that I was kind of parsing through the rules. Again, before I ran for uh, for AJ's birthday, uh, he's got a birthday party coming up, and I'm just kind of parsing through the different rules. And I'm like, you know, passive perception is pretty damn handy. That's one of those things I should be using more often just to see if people know. And it's kind of a, a version of DM makes the rules, except the role is static, right? Your passive perception is 12 or whatever. What it comes down to is a little bit of extra bookkeeping, a very minuscule amount to write down those passive perceptions. Or even in that case, it's a very minuscule amount just to say, what the detection skills are, and who has what bonuses in them. Because as DMs, we love rolling dice just as much as anybody else. Now, the challenge, of course, comes from... player. Well, not of course comes from, but can come from, like, player-facing systems, right? gumshoes' mostly player-facing, right? And But in that case, not a lot is hidden from you, because you... You know, I've not played Cipher System, so if I had Darius Troy here, they could totally set me straight on this. But
0: and I haven't read the rules again. Well, in a it's long check. Time. It's a check. It's a level times three. Well, yeah, so but if it's can, a level three, it's a nine. You get to roll a nine on a But how's
1: one. it? How does it stop piling on? So everybody goes, oh, I check two. H- how does it stop piling on? I don't. Well, know. I don't
0: know if I think it's probably similar because it's still a check based system. Yeah, could well be. As far as I know,
1: the interesting thing, perhaps. My gut instinct tells me that because it's player-facing, and the players are doing it. I wonder if you get less of that. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Well, there's GM intrusions that could play a role. Oh, okay. That's a good point. Could play a role with that, too. So you could say, well, they do a check. You may not want them to find it so easily. Therefore, you throw a GM intrusion at them. Um, yeah, so manipu- that's... Ba- manipulate the issue. You're kind
1: of giving it to them, but making it cost a little bit. Okay, so that's another thing. If you don't like... Right. You take the DM intrusion components from the cipher system, the hard choice. Like, look, you failed that that roll, Brett. But if you really want to make sure there's absolutely nothing in the tapestry, give me this. What? Yeah, you give me this thing, and I'll let you have it. You have a minus one on your next die roll. Why? Well, you just... You're, you're spending all your time focusing and concentrating, and your focus is on this. The next dollar roll you make is a minus one. Yes, it's worth it. Okay, here's a ring. Great, have a 500 gold piece ring. That cost me a minus one on my next combat roll. Fucking A, that was that was totally worth it. Even something as mundane as that, it becomes costly to dick around, looking, 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 and everybody piling on. Y'all want to get in on this? Fine. One of the ways you, I used to do back in the old school day was they would start fucking all that. Fine. Sixteen trolls come through the door. What? Fine. combat, just wreck the place, because you get sick of them messing around, well, making noise.
0: So I think a better GM intrusion would be if you're looking for something that's fine, you will be able to find it, but you're going to make a shit ton of noise.
1: Yes, that type of thing. Right. I was thinking mechanical components, but the noise is about it. You're right. right. Your and right then the noise
0: triggers, triggers the creatures to hear you. So, hey, I mean, you can make noise. But then who knows what that happens. And it's
1: been a long that. time since I've read. I only played Dungeon World once with Sneezak, but I think Dungeon World, those hard moves type of thing, like, look, basically, I'm going to take this and make it a hard move. I'll let you have this. Oh, you failed by 10? That's going to cost you. What do you mean? I'll let you find the thing in the tapestry, but I get to do something
0: bad Ooh. well that's going to be based on the results of the roll that's
1: what i'm saying if the if yeah. the, if the if check was supposed it'll... to be a 12 and you roll a two yes and you got to get 10 points up you'd be like hey for every increment of five again d- depending what the flavor calls for but <clears throat> yeah okay i like that i like that idea as well that just that makes it so that i'm not giving it away i'm giving it away but with a little bit of something extra on top of it making it a little more tasty than just, hey, here's a clue, for those who don't like that type of thing. You don't have to do it every time. I search the bed. Yeah, you find three copper pieces stuffed under the pillow. Yay, there's no point to do DM intrusion for three copper pieces, probably.
0: Moving along. Well, and sometimes as a, as a game master, if you run it that way, sometimes that's all it takes to throw people off anyway. So, okay, what are you doing, you know, Angela? Well, I'm going to go, you're, my, my character is going to go look under the bed. Okay, you f- you're searching and uh, you come across two gold pieces in the, the seam of the sheets. Okay, I'm done. All right, what are you going to do? Um, I guess I'll take the two gold and put it in my pocket. Well, do you divulge the journal that's like, you know, on the other side of the, maybe it's tucked under somewhere else underneath the bed?
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So she
0: could say, "Well, I keep searching because maybe there's something else there." Or is that enough to kind of throw her off the trail of something unique? Because sometimes players will just take what they find. Like, "Hey, I found something great. It's done." That's true. Can't be any. Can't be anything else here. I think some of the,
1: uh, I think maybe the core <clears throat> of what's driving us nuts, and what what I'm picking up from what you're putting down here, is. If you make that detection perception that searching more interesting than a simple die roll, you have to, yes, make it more than binary, right? Insofar as whatever you're doing, there's narrative around it, be it an intrusion or something. Is that?
0: Well, that's why Dungeon World's so nice. Oh yeah, and I think I think you know people that enjoy that game understand the power in the narration. So folks that haven't played Dungeon World. Everything's in the narrative. So you, you want to do something, you explain what you do, you roll the dice, and you find out what happens. That's that's the premise of the game. And it, it, isn't, a, it isn't a check. It, they're based on moves. So when you do something, you are inherently performing a move, which is a mechanical piece of the rules. Mm-hmm. With some of the more traditional games, trad games, whatever, you get into these goofy skills and checks and it's always the success or failure. Now, some players that have written into us have said, "Hey, I've got degrees and, you know, there's a, you know, plus 4 minus 4 and yep. you know, we I implement that and I've got this cool thing that that works mechanically because I've implemented it as a house rule. Super great, awesome. Yep. Good for you. Totally. But but at the same time, where the hell am I going with this goddamn rant? <laughs> um
1: well, I guess where we're going is the—at least I think where we're going—is when you take something, you take a, a page from like the from the Dungeon World book or the GM Intrusions, yeah, um, and then you make it interesting, even narrative. N-
0: narrative. That's where we're going. That's
1: where we're going. Narrative.
0: Woo. The narrative piece is going into the room and whatever, wherever you are, room, jail cell, whatever yep. you're searching, closet, you know, armoire. W- where? What are you doing? Like, what do? You- Brett, what, is your, what are you doing? What's your character doing? Um, Cthulhu, Cthulhu, what are you doing? Yeah. Angela, what's your character yep, yep, yep. doing? Yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Great, awesome. Good to know. Where, how, tell me how you're doing that. Well, I'm, I'm picking it up. I pull out the drawers. I tip them upside down and empty them and throw the crap on the floor. Then I look through the crap. Anything fall out? Yeah. Notepads, paper, pens. Oh, the notepad. I look, I rifle through that. Okay. I think this kind of- loose leaf. Okay, you find the loose leaf of paper. Yeah. This may
1: harken back to the other episode we did kind of talking about, you know, rolling only when it's interesting, right? And I think this almost ties back into that. If you, <clears throat> so look, if you fail a perception check, you know, a squad of orcs descends on the party. That's interesting if you fail that, right? But if you're simply looking, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening There's something right, happening. the
0: trolls are coming, whether you can hear them or not. They're going to be here. They're coming. Correct. The problem with the search is nothing is going on. Unlo-
1: okay, yeah, you could set a clock or something that says, "Hey, if they don't get out of the room and whatever," but that's a different. It, that's a totally different issue. I get what you're saying. Your standard right? search detection is nothing is happening. I'm looking through the library for something.
0: Now, if they go into a room and they don't do anything, they're like, well, there's nothing in there, and they close the door and move on, you could potentially say, hey, you, out of the corner of your – like, maybe there's something there you actually want them to find. They just don't decide to go in there and look at anything. Maybe you just make it obvious to somebody that's actually – you know, you opened the door, you thought out of the corner of your, of your eye, you saw a, a, a journal on the nightstand. Now that that I mean, if a DM brings that up, that is like you might as well stick a hook in their mouth because if they don't follow that, because the DM's not going to bring it up unless it's relevant.
1: Yeah. The other thing you can do, right, if you just want to drag people through it, even if you don't write all their stats down or all their checks, you can do. Okay, as you're shutting the door, hang a second, Sean, you're shutting the door. What's your per, what's your perception bonus? You want me to roll? No, no. What's your bonus? Clack clack clack. I roll for you behind the screen. Sure. Oh yeah. Something's wrong. Something's out of place. What's well, out of place? Uh, you have to go back in, take a little harder look at that bookshelf. But something there just caught your eye. Oh, guys, no, fuck it. We got to move on. All right, you still have the opportunity to walk away. But then, narratively speaking, I used a private skill check to direct it at you to see what you want to do. Do you tell anybody else what you thought it was interesting, or do you keep now? Nah, just log it away, move on, whatever.
0: Well, that's the other thing too. Is like getting into the fact that you are searching the room. And do tell the rest of the players what you find. Of course, the thief never does. They put it in their pouch. The Another player character is going to find out. They're going to want to know if they saw him do it, uh, had seen him do it. And then, you know, then you're playing that stupid game for a little while.
1: I don't want to talk about that game. I hate yeah. that game. Yeah,
0: you did. You did see it. Oh, hey, I know you got something. No, I don't. Yes, you do. But then the cleric beats, a, beats the thief to death. Thanks. You know, yeah, whatever happens is from there. Um,
1: oh good lord! Right? Yeah. So I think, hmm, this is interesting because, you know, like I said, it was goofy to me. And normally don't I don't run in this often. But to your point, Sean, it happens often enough. I'm like, okay, guys, come on. Third time, I'm like, stop. Oh, you, we can't keep piling on. No. Um, because it wasn't a hey. If you miss this, the orcs are coming over the hill, or you miss this, the troll lord does X, or you know, space ninjas jump out of the, the closet and kill you. <laughs> We're talking about. Searching a room, looking for a thing. You remove
0: know, the check. Remove fuck the it. check. Remove the check. You know that actually s- that s- that
1: sings right to me because I don't. Some of that stuff, I'm like, you tell me what it is you're doing. Tell me what you're doing. If you're doing what I deem to be similar or close enough to the right thing, whatever that happens to be, or it's creative fine, Fuck it. Boom, you got you, it. You got it. If someone boom, insists done, on, if someone doesn't check the chandelier, I mean, we, I think we talked about this a little bit in the past, right? Going to some of those old. Modules and stuff. And they would tell you, if someone specifically checks the chandelier, they will find X. It was always a little, at least my memory, is that most of those things were not required to beat the dungeon or complete the dungeon. They were curios, little bonuses, a little something cool to reward the creative searcher. If someone specifically looks under the bed, they will find five silver pieces. If someone looks under, in the cupboard, they will find this. They don't always say specifically, but basically the, the text in the adventure were to say, if they're looking here, they will find X. Right. I think. Correct. Yeah, you know what? That's a damn good idea. So when so let's say you take away the check, when would you use a perception detection check? Only when it's happening, right? If you if you fail this, the trolls pop out of the woods and kill you. There
0: is a there is a genuine threat. Yeah, threat of repercussion or uh repercussion or a a negative uh result. Because of the fail So like um, you're,
1: you're Traps Yeah so, Or you're in an right. inn Right So you're in an inn the, you just, the inn has been besieged By a bunch of bad guys Half the party runs upstairs Half the party goes outside To deal with the threat Right So there's a cry from downstairs Somebody from upstairs Comes whipping down You say If you don't have a passive You would say Make a perception check Or you use passive Or whatever And there's a chance They could see somebody Scampering out a window because Again, it's in the middle of combat. What is that? Is a person coming in? Are they going out? Did I see them before? What's that do? All right, they don't notice them because they failed that perception. Again, it's in the heat of combat. There's a reason. It could be distracting. It could be dangerous. That could be an assassin who just snuck out the back window Is going to knife your buddies in the spine. But in that case, it's action, and it requires, if you fail, there could be repercussions. Yeah, make the roll then. But if you're searching the dead bodies... Fine. I don't need you to make a search roll to see if the orc has a gem scrolled away somewhere. Yeah. You just search the bodies, and you find it.
0: Yeah. So your your example of the person coming down and whether somebody notices them or not, I w- you I would have to play that into a uh, consequences. Right. Yeah. If there is a consequence. So the consequences behind them not noticing would be that they're going to go warn somebody and bring them back. Yes. Right. And if they do notice them, well, then they could prevent that from happening. Correct. That, that, you know, some of this is like that is probably the best, I think, type of approach is if it doesn't warrant a consequence. Now, somebody would say, but Sean, the consequence of them not searching or not finding something would be that they don't have that knowledge. They don't have the map, right? Therefore, it makes their their problem-solving tougher or whatever it is. I, don't, I think we're talking about active consequences.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other, the other thing that goes with it is some of the old school systems, gold, pe- gold pieces equal experience points. They do
0: indeed, and more than the monsters.
1: Yes. So I <laughs> failed to find that 1,000 gold piece gem. That could be the difference between level 4 thief and level 3 thief. That's right. So those consequences. But again, if I took the time in that old school game, there are no skill checks usually for that type of thing. Not right. specifically call out. You search the tapestry, you find the fucking ring and on you go.
0: Okay. Right. No, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool.
1: I like this. Okay. This makes sense. I think that's a good I think that's a good point. And I'm gonna do that next time. If it doesn't there's nothing happening, there's no consequence then what's the point? Just give it to them if they do the right thing. You search the trolls, you find their money pouch. You search the dead guard, you find the thing. You search the crypt, you'll find the gems. You'll find that the, this, that, depending what you describe you're looking at. If you ignore the sarcophagus because you're spending all your time on the statue of Anubis, well, you may not notice it, whatever it happens to be.
0: Now, some, some game masters may think, or even players may think, this is easy, right? We go into a room, I search, and as long as I know where I'm looking... I'm pretty much gonna find whatever's there, and that's fine and dandy. I think you, I think the troubles and the problems come after that, later, like monsters, traps, you know, NPCs, you know, freaking bridges you can't cross because they've been knocked out. All that shit'll make up for all that easy crap. Yeah,
1: that's, <laughs> even in, even in a sci-fi game, right? Having to deal with. You know, the alien race that wants to, you know, eat your brains is a much bigger problem than simply finding the, you know, the memory stick that happens to have the plans for their particular version of the desktop on it or whatever. That's, you've got it. You search the room. You did the right thing. You find the plans. Bad example. But you find whatever. And then you still need to not get your brains eaten by the weird, mysterious alien race.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I just think that some... Game masters, dungeon masters may say, well, if I do that, it's just given too much to the player characters and it's too easy. And that's kind of the issue. And so I think by just, you know, thinking that that's a really one-off, no big deal, and that you're going to throw more crap at them later down the road. There's
1: plenty of times to make it hurt <laughs> at right. other junctures. <clears throat> You could could even, like we said, even if you do want to implement the check, you can do it with the power of narration, too, taking a page from GM intrusions, from from Cypher System, if you don't want to play that, or even from the hard move or something like that from uh, your Dungeon World-type game. You can do something with that piece. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. Let us know what you think about this. We were mostly in agreement, I think, here at the tail end. Let us know what you guys think, you men and ladies out there running, playing. I'm especially interested in not only just the Game Master perspective, but as a player, what you think. I've had people tell me as a player they don't want give-me's. I've had other people say, like Sean and I have been saying, is I don't want to fuck around with the stupid stuff. Let's just bust through that and get to the interesting pieces. Um, and other people are like, oh, that's not blah, blah, blah. So anyway, point being, you're our listeners, you're smart people. Let us know what you think.
0: That's right. Let us know what you think. roll, Brett. kick us off. Yeah, I got to this
1: time. So there is atlasobscura.com, link in the show notes. There is a, basically it's just really cool, it's On the Hunt for Lost Wonders of Medieval Britain. It's a millennium-old manuscript that has these really cool, awe-inspiring places on it. It has, you know, Cabal's Karen, the Whirlpool, um, all these different things, the bony well, all labeled in it. It's kind of, a, I look at this as a really neat example, in my opinion, of what a treasure map would look like. And if the thing Sean and I were talking about earlier off, off mics happens, that type of uh, treasure map I thought is kind of damn cool. So anyway, link in the show notes to that. And um, the other one I had is <laughs> scientists are trying to identify mysterious dead, quote-unquote, sea monster. Um, <clears throat> something washed up on shore. Um, it's uh, let's see here. Yeah, this dude comes upon this weird washed up dead creature on a beach, and had like seagulls and things pecking at it. And he's like, "Okay, this is no joke." People are trying to say it's a, it's a shark skeleton. It's this. It's that. It definitely looks really sea monstery. So it's kind of cool looking. It doesn't appear to be a, the hoax in the, like somebody's trying to make, uh, you know, make Loch Ness monster type of thing. But it looks like. Either a case of mistaken identity or something along those lines. But anyhow, that type of shit is totally gameable. So link in the notes. Sean, to you, sir.
0: Dragon Heresy Introductory Set Norse-Inspired Fantasy RPG by Douglas H. Cole. Kickstarter should have kicked off today. It has. When we're recording this. uh, Two days before this dropped. So if you're interested in checking that out... Please do so. Looks interesting.
1: He's pretty close. He's got 51 backers so far. As of right now, April 2nd when we record this, he's got a $3,500 goal. He's at 2412
0: My oh, bad. It's totally reasonable, Very reasonable level. Yeah. Uh, my second one, Midgard Interactive Map by Mr. John Arcadian of Gnome Stew, uh, amongst other circles. And Anna Meyer. So Anna, I believe, did the map. John did the website. Um, But if you're a fan of Midgard, and even if you're not, and you want an interactive map online where you can zoom in and zoom out, uh, of a pretty huge area.
1: That is really freaking cool.
0: You want to check that out. Oh, my God. Love me some maps. That is. And if you're a Midgard fan, you got to know about that thing.
1: Yeah. Damn, that's cool. Listeners, Yes, the Goblin Henchman. He's back with some more spreadsheet adventure tools on G+. Link in the show notes. And if you're following us on G+, every time the henchman posts up one of his little spreadsheet gems, I try to share that out. So that's pretty cool. And Eric Tenkar of Tenkar's Tavern of Fame had pointed out a BBC News video about the gents who started Games Workshop over in the UK. Short little video, but I thought it was kind of cool. So there you go. Link in the notes as well. There you go. All right, Brett. What
0: are we talking about next week, dude? Ugh.
1: <clears throat> not positive, man. I'm, I'm thinking. I don't know if we'll get be able to get Alex blah, 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 talk like that. Um, if we can get Alex's camera on this quick or not, but uh, we got to get him on the show. I was thinking about. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I got a little something. I got to talk to you off mics on this one and see if we can. If you want to chat oh. about it online or how you want to oh, deal, boy. With it. so we'll see. Top secret. No, it's not. Board, it's not that big a deal. Boardroom meeting. <laughs> board
0: meeting. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Gaming NBS. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming NBS brought to you from the help from the following BSers. Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, Brett's biggest fan, Forrest Gary, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Jeppesen, Shaw Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Palladian, Remy Bilodeau, Jason Hobbs-Hobbs, Wayne Humphrey, James Carpio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnston, Brandon Barnes, Dan LaValle, C.W. Mellencamp, The Lost Sailor, Misdirected Mark Productions, Christopher Gray, Finnolf, Merkel Mirko Freulich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Todd Crapper, Michael Drescher, Alexander Auerbach, Neil Benson, Chris Steele, Eric the Hoff Hoffman, Soldiers of Misfortune RPG, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Mark Tasaka Larry Hout, Ray Otis, Ron Bishop, Craig Huber, Xavier G, JV, John Hammersley, The Closet Gamer, John Steve, Jared Rasher, Mark Richmond, Thomas Hook, Blake Ryan, Chad Gleyman, Sky, Roger Brasslett, Evan Harrison-Cass, Craig, Howard Bishop, Christian Sexy Voice Serrano, Jim Fitzpatrick, Peter Peter Skanes, Knights of the Night Crew, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Eli Kurtz, Gordon Cranford, Pateri Chertianen, Edwin Nagy, Bruce Cunnington, Aaron Coleman, Tim Shorts, Todd McGowan, Stefan Dragonspawn, Graham Miner, Corey Wynn, Andy Hall, and uh, Nogus? Aonogus. Oh, man. Angus. Hey, to support the show, head over to gamingmbs.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.